The episode you are about to hear contains spoilers for the movie Spider-Man No Way Home. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I'm Ashley. And I'm Matt. And joining us today are our friends Garrett and Kirsten. Hello, everyone. Hello. And we all just saw Spider-Man. What's the name of it? <laughs> no Way Home. <laughs> no Way Home. What did you guys think of it? I thought it was a great movie. Uh, and except for the last five minutes, ten minutes of it, um, I thought, you know, I understood everything about it. And it was, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, I will say it. It creaks a bit in the very beginning. I thought it was it took its it wasn't bad. It just took its time to find its footing um, and kind of get going. Uh, but once it did, I mean, it was it was a, a roller coaster ride of fun. Uh, I, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. How about you, Kirsten? I really enjoyed it. I felt like I was on the edge of my seat past that beginning part that you talked about. As soon as things started to pick up, I was just excited for who I was going to see next, what was going to happen next. And uh, I felt out of breath at the end of it because I was just excited. So it, it's been a, it's been a, a long time. Uh, there's movies that have come out. I've been excited for, but I felt uh, anticipation for this movie and uh, seated in that theater as the previews were rolling. And then all of a sudden the, Whatever those intro little movies they show you right before to tell you who made the movie are is rolling. You could feel the energy in the crowd of this theater. And I have, it's just, it's been a long time since I've seen a movie where the entire theater like erupted in cheers and it's, it was a lot of fun. So I, I would try to take myself away from that because I definitely fed off the crowd and at those big moments, I wanted to stand up and cheer too. Uh, but yeah, this movie is action-packed. It is funny. Uh, it is. It, it tugs on every heartstring. Uh, I, it, it does what, you know, it, it does the Marvel formula, but it, it also builds upon a story and then sets us up for whatever we're getting in this next phase of Marvel. And all I want is more now. Yeah, I think it's not been since, uh, well, pre-pandemic, probably Avengers Endgame that I saw or had an experience in the theater that was comparable to this one. Um, Just in terms of the excitement and the enthusiasm from the audience and the size of the audience. um, Yeah, it was kind of great to experience. Um, I've I've been looking forward to this movie a lot. Spider-Man has always been... Ever since I was a little kid, my favorite superhero. And I think it's because he's he's a young man or a boy. Um, and therefore, there's always this kind of vulnerability to the character. Um, that's always drawn me to him. And I think that the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies in particular have done a really good job of capturing that. His youth and his his uncertainty and his vulnerability. And I think this movie is really the culmination of that. And um, it played out um, in a way that was exciting and thrilling and also very emotional and moving. 
um, which is, I think, all you can ask for in a superhero movie. So. Yeah, it's quite emotional and if you're at all invested in these characters and, and whatnot. It, is, it reminds me a little bit of, um, it, to me, it's the Civil War of Spider-Man. What I mean by that is, um, I'm actually not the biggest fan of Captain America Civil War. And part of that, this kind of goes back to my initial, the initial taste that left in my mouth because um, I was expecting a more so standalone Captain America movie. Um, and it ended up being basically being, you know, Avengers three. Right. Um, and this is, so I wasn't expecting that and uh, whatever this time I knew enough of the hype that this movie was purported to have quite a few other characters in it. Um, and like you said at the start, this is a spoiler episode, so turn away now, but you know, I mean, this movie has a fair amount of Dr. Strange. This movie has, five um, Spider-Man villains that have been seen in prior incarnations of, you know, the Sony um, Spider-Man movies. Uh, and it features the two other Spider-Men we've had in recent years, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. So this is, this is not, um, I mean, some spotlight is taken away from our Spider-Man in this, even though it, there's also a lot of focus on him too. Um, and that's, that's okay. Uh, but it just, just know that this is this is not your a totally standalone Spider-Man movie, um, so your mileage may vary in what you think about that. I was that said, I was happy with the balancing act that they did because this movie could have been or felt like just a bunch of fan service, you know, and it didn't feel quite like that. I mean, it was. I mean, let's be honest with you, but it was done well. Um, the villains that showed up, you had, okay, let's, let's rattle them off. You had Lizard. You had, what is it, it's called Sandman? Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Um, Electro. Yeah. Dr. Octopus mm-hmm. and the Green Goblin. Yes. And I was worried. I mean, you, you kind of saw them in the trailers for this movie. And I'm like, they're, this is going to feel too packed. This is going to feel like they're shoehorned in or whatever. But it felt fairly organic, given the plot. And I'll be honest with you. I mean... I thought for a while, like, you know what? This is good enough. I mean, uh, if Toby and Andrew aren't in this movie, that's fine. Because this movie feels like its own thing, and, and that's cool, and that's good enough. And then Toby and Andrew show up, and, you know, our theater, like, like lost its mind. And that that was that was also, that also felt organic. And I have to take a, a moment on the side here to say, as a fan of Doctor Who, <laughs> since the early 1980s, um, whenever they would have a special, so you know you had like the three doctors, five doctors, two doctors, and then the day of the doctor in more recent years, or they it's a multi doctor story. Um, this this felt like a Doctor Who multi doctor story because you had the three three Spider Men, mm-hmm. uh, the only one missing, and this is going to be old school for some of y'all. The only one missing was Nicholas Hammond. <laughs> he uh, should have had a cameo. He should have had a cameo in this, and and for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about. He was the TV Spider-Man back in the seventies. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, this this I loved those scenes with them together. Again, they felt organic. Uh, I also liked how I was worried about this that they did show up, but they did not de-age Toby or Andrew. They basically were plucked out of their own universes, kind of in 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 current time. Which is funny because they were too old to be Spider-Man in the first place. <laughs> They come out being a 40-year-old Spider-Man now. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's interesting, you know, Toby, I, I felt back in the day, like, what, 20 years ago almost, when Toby took on the role. I mean, I knew how old he was, but I thought he looked fine. Now, in comparison, in hindsight, compared to, like, Tom Holland, yeah, Toby McGuire looked like he's a little old to be playing teenage Spider-Man, but it was fine. But, you know, I, I like how they just, you know, Toby came, came in as, like, a middle-aged Peter Parker, and that's totally cool. Um, and I think... Uh, Willem Dafoe uh, and uh, the guy who plays Doc Ock, who's oh Alfred Molina, they kind of stole the show a little bit. Um, so yeah, so those are my scattershot thoughts. Yeah, I really liked how it was a story about Tom Holland's Spider-Man told with all these other characters, but it was always his story and his arc throughout, and how he was relating to each of the characters and each of the villains and things like that. I enjoyed. Watching that, I had never seen Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man before, and I really enjoyed that character. So now it makes me want to go back and watch those Andrew Garfield ones. But I really enjoyed watching the three of them interact with each other and also them interact with uh, Ned and MJ from their world and those things. And I cried a lot throughout the movie, but when Andrew Garfield needs to save MJ... Like he couldn't save Gwen. I just nodded all in my mask. <laughs> yeah. Which, man, what this movie was really missing was Miles Morales. <laughs> that, that's the Spider-Man that needed to be in here. Though, I mean, this movie is pretty like a live-action Spider-Verse, bringing all the other yeah. Spider-Man together. But uh, I agree with you, Kirsten. The the three Spider-Men together, they had so much great chemistry. They... Uh, uh, kind of this mini Avengers crew that, uh, you know, we've come to love all the chemistry the Avengers had together. And um, th- there's just so much fun to this movie. Uh, I don't know if there was a moment where we weren't laughing or you were crying, right? It's <laughs> uh, it, 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 it's very fast paced. So it... Uh, you know, once it starts going, it, it's, you know, boom, 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 you're, uh, I, I was gripping my seat with like, oh, what's going to happen next? The only thing, and this is just because I'm getting impatient, is I wanted them to explore the multiverse more. I want to know, like, so I, I'm actually, I'm wearing my Loki shirt right now. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to know more about you know, the multiverse with Loki, the TVA, the where they're going. And this movie, you know, gave us a, a little drink of that. <laughs> but I thought it was going to be more. And we, you don't get much of it. But, I mean, what they're going to spill all the secrets now and, you know, skip all the other dozens of movies they got planned. So that, that was my one thing that I wanted to see I didn't. The multiverse thing is is interesting to me. I don't know if I would say I'm getting frustrated with it, but because I'm very curious about it. But I feel like so far it's happening in fits and starts. Um, you know, so we saw in Loki, and spoilers if you haven't watched Loki yet, but in episode six, um, we learn about the multiverse from He Who Remains, and he, you know, has a big exposition dump about stuff. And, and then through the uh, actions of Sylvie, um, he who remains is killed, and then the multi, the different universes start kind of, you know, I don't know what, opening up, like whatever. And you think like, okay, this is this is the start of the multiverse we've been hearing about. But 
then, I mean, after that, you know, we had Eternals, right? And there was no, there's no, nothing about the multiverse and Eternals. I was like, oh, okay. And then this, there's multiverse, but it's nothing to do, at least from what we know so far, nothing to do with what happened in Loki. It's because Peter Parker wanted Doctor Strange to cast a spell, and he did, and then there was uh, some confusion, and then whatever. It's all to do with Doctor Strange and some spell casting. And they seem to kind of close up the multiverse uh, openings at the end of this movie. So, but then, you know, well, I won't even get in, in case some people don't haven't heard about feature MCU films, I won't get into that. But I just feel like what's going to cause this whole multiverse thing for real? And when are we going to get it? And so it's a little, a little frustrating, but I'm willing to be patient. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know about such things, but I am um, looking forward to more Doctor Strange because I think he's kind of a fascinating character. And I was, I was telling you after the, I was telling Matt after the movie that I don't really understand his powers, but I find them kind of marvelous and thrilling. And the scene where he takes uh, Spider-Man into his own kind of realm, and we see a lot of the same special effects we saw in the original Doctor Strange um, film. I, I find that very exciting and I, I want to see more and, and understand it more. And I hope we get to get to experience that. Um, you mentioned Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina. I think they're so good. I've forgotten how good they are as villains, particularly Willem Dafoe. I thought he was terrifying in this um, and such a good performance too, as he switches back, back and forth between evil and good. You know, I'm something of a scientist myself. Yeah. <laughs> the crowd erupted. <laughs> He's so, yeah, they're just wonderful. Um, I mean, I, I I don't think it's by any means a perfect movie. I as as all these movies do, at the end it kind of becomes a, a jumble of special effects. And um, as much as I loved it, it um it was a bit much at the end. And um, I also I have a problem. I had a little problem understanding Spider Man's motivation early on and why he did some of the things he did and the fact that kind of his actions led to a lot of what went down. Uh, it's a plot choice that I have kind of a problem with, but I can live with it. When it comes to motivations, I, I was wondering about Dr. Strange's, you know, and these mm. Dr. Strange ones, he's always like, no, we're the protectors of the realm. We, we, we guard you from these mystical things. And then he's like, eh, yeah, sure. Let's just do the spell. Yeah. Oh, we've done other stuff. It's, it seemed out of character. Yeah, it's, it just felt like, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it feels like you would be a little more, no, we don't do this. Yeah, he's the adult in the room. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, also, um, as I kind of referenced earlier, I didn't, I was confused by the last five or ten minutes. Um, so, you know, they, they wrap things up by Doctor Strange casting a spell at Peter Parker's request, where people forget who Peter Parker is. Because... Something to do with how every all these beings are coming from other universes to ours specifically because they know who Peter Parker is and they're after him. So if Peter nobody knows who Peter Parker is, or if they forget him, <laughs> then they'll go away, and that's what happens. And so, like you know, Doctor Strange doesn't know who he is anymore. Happy doesn't. MJ doesn't. Um, Ned, whatever. And. I mean, I just have questions. Like, so, um, I mean, does he not have a social security number anymore? I mean, everyone's forgotten him. So, like, is, did he not, like, 
you know, so there's a scene where, cause, well, another spoiler, Aunt May dies in this. We haven't really talked about that, but there's a scene at the end when Peter visits her grave and Happy's there and Happy doesn't know who Peter is and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, so he is Peter Parker, but everyone's forgotten that he's Peter Parker. Aunt May's still dead. So all of that still happened. But I guess Happy doesn't remember any of that. I mean, there's going to be people who you would think that people would be going to see doctors because of a lot of amnesia, right? Um, I mean, I can think of many examples. The one I just thought of, and I was talking with Ashley about it on the way home, was so in Avengers Infinity War, when um, Doctor Strange gets kidnapped by Thanos' henchmen, and then Tony Stark and and Spider Man get aboard the spaceship with Thanos' henchmen to, to try and save them. And they dispatch Thanos' henchmen. And then Tony Stark and, and Spider-Man and Doctor Strange stand around on the ship talking. And Peter and Spider-Man's got his mask off. So he's Peter Parker in, in a suit. Doctor Strange, does he not remember that now? I mean, that's why I'm saying there's, there's going to be memory holes, right? A few people don't remember, like, whole chunks of... Events, experiences, conversations. So Spider-Man clearly saved the world, right? But Peter Parker never went to high school because how would he not know MJ and like? They just don't know this kid now. Wasn't one of his books a GED book when he put it on the bed at the end? Oh, did they explain that and I missed it? I think. That well, it was, was yeah. I just, I just assume. I mean, he did go to high school, but no one remembers it, right? So mm-hmm. there, I guess not only were mem- people's memories erased, but Records were re raised, I guess. Yeah, I, I feel like it, it's it's one of those um, things that I, I think we're not supposed to think too deeply about. And but how can you not? <laughs> yeah, and I'll be perfectly honest. It's one of the issues I have with Endgame. Now I like Endgame; it's fine. I prefer yeah, Infinity War. Do not think about that one. Yeah, you? but I mean, Endgame is the way they resolved everything there. I mean, there's still people who are confused about, so which timeline is Steve Rogers in now? And like, did, did he, was he in our timeline and just sat everything out? Or did he come over as an old man from another timeline? There's still people debating that two years later, two and a half years later. And I feel like this, If it, I don't know if people will be debating this as much, but I, I, I mean, I have questions. So, yeah. One more thing I will say about, that I liked about this, um, and it's, it's, it's funny because something came up later about it, but you know, one of the themes about this is morality and not letting your anger get a hold of you. And then there's a scene where, you know, I mean, because Green Goblin um, kills Aunt May. And then later on, when, when um, Spider-Man decides to fight Green Goblin, I mean, he's beating the heck out of him and almost killing him, on the verge of killing him. And uh, the way it was filmed and, and the way they did it, I was immediately transported back to... Um, the throne room scene in Return of the Jedi. Because I'm like, this reminds me of when like Luke lost it and started beating on, on Darth Vader, you know? Like, you know, if if you will not turn to the dark side, <laughs> then perhaps she will. And Luke loses it, right? And goes after him. That's what this scene between Peter Parker and Green Goblin reminded me of. Um, and interestingly enough, like a little bit later on in the movie, Peter has this Palpatine, Emperor Palpatine Lego action figure. And I'm like, well, that's... That's interesting. That's cool. I hadn't thought about that. That's he was building the Lego Death Star the whole movie. Yeah. That's right. That's right. But still. I actually thought of the Batman and Joker in the Dark Knight. 
because he was the Green Goblin was antagonizing him like that, Mm. trying to get him to break his morals. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Um, This was the first Marvel movie that I've been to a premiere of that was like this much of a buildup, and so it was very exciting for me. Yeah, go see this movie. It's 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 recommended. Yeah, definitely recommended. So, what are our scores, uh, Kirsten? Eight. Ashley. Eight. Garrett. Nine. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm giving back from ten. All right, I'm giving <laughs> it nine. I'm giving it an eight point four. Uh, our score then is an eight point four somehow, and uh, it is on the tomato meter. Yeah. So it's on the tomato meter. It has currently has an opening night here. It has a ninety five percent certified fresh from critics, a ninety nine percent audience score. So yeah, I think this is. I can totally see this legit. Um, yeah. It's a good movie, as we've all said. We recommend it. Uh, Garrett and Kirsten, thank you for joining us. Yeah, yeah thanks thank for having you. us, and uh, thank you, folks, uh, for listening. Thank you. Thank you.